0: Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And you are in for a very, very special treat today. I'm going to be interviewing an amazing speaker and trainer. And my favorite part, she is a chief storyteller, which has really gotten a lot of traction here lately. And so also, Laura khalil i love that last <laughs> name it reminds me of like Kalua, which i love Kalua. total squirrel moment but laura she's a teacher she's the host of okay are you ready for this top 100 apple podcast like oh my gosh I hope one day I'll get there called Brave by Design and she really focuses on helping women so ladies listen up especially today to really achieve what what is success like is it it's incredible it can be incredible and just making sure that as women we lead with a career and an amazing life and mindset so she's a master storyteller she consults with clients such as twitter ge intel i mean some major clients here people on how to use storytelling to improve the lives of their customers which again is all loops back to branding which is a big buzzword these days and so we're really going to talk about how to unlock that magnetic ambitious woman. And men, you can listen to. I'm sure you can learn something here. But we're going to talk about how to rise, how to lead with empathy, and how to live with an abundant life. So Laura, thanks so much for being here today.
1: Angela, thank you so much for having me. And I have I am now inspired to potentially get my name legally changed from Laura Kalua to Laura Kalua, because that sounds like so much fun.
0: <laughs> like, I just, I see you. So you guys can't see what I'm seeing. Like, I'm going to take a picture and post it on my, my Insta story. But like, she's with this a beautiful dog. I'm like, is that your dog? And like, I can just see you like with your dog and a ball of Kalua.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. You know what, after this episode, you know what I'm doing.
0: Right? Right? And it's like double not... fisting kalua, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like real. I don't love coffee. Like, I don't like the taste. I know I'm weird, but like, if you put a little Kahlua and vodka <laughs> in the coffee, it actually will give you a caffeinated response <laughs> and it tastes better. So, yeah. Um, okay, it's these, are, the these are pro everything.
1: tips from you. <laughs> these are uh, incredible.
0: Right? Right? <laughs> but I'm super excited. Well, the thing is, it's like my last name being Prophet. I mean, it's spelled with two F's and two T's, but people are like, mm. oh my God, you have the perfect last name is that a stage name from oh. like a strategic branding and I'm like no it, I'm, it's my ex-husband's last name and I kept it because everybody knew me as right. a profit when I started my company and I'm like but it's two f's and two t's but you know I'll I'll play along with it like whatever but that was not ever like a plan you know but it it sticks and so yeah I just it when works. I saw your last name I'm like it makes me think of coffee and kalua <laughs> <laughs> um so that's hilarious fact- before we dive in and i want you to share you have so much to share and
1: where should we begin angela
0: right <laughs> so i'm just like oh my god i could talk to you about storytelling all day long but before we dive into that if you'll give our listeners a little bit of context like tell us about mm-hmm. where did you grow up how did you grow up what was your journey to get to where you had that calling of, yeah. okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have a podcast, and I'm going to be a professional storyteller and help yeah. businesses really develop these things for their consu- their consumer and their customers. So where did it all start? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, oh. events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them and how it's made us stronger because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's episode is being brought to you by 99designs. 99designs is the global creative platform that makes it super easy for designers and clients to work together to create designs they absolutely love. You can get creative concepts from a multitude of talented designers. You get matched with the perfect designer to help you bring your idea to life from start to finish. From logos to packaging, apps to books, ninety nine designs is a faster, simple, and affordable way to find and work with creative talent. You can save ten dollars today on your first design by visiting bit.ly/ap99designs. Give it a try.
1: Well, you know it's funny because let's go back to my last name. Um, my last name is spelled k-h-a-l-i-l khalil and um that's a foreign sounding last name and in fact my parents are both immigrants my dad's from egypt and my mom is lebanese um and i always like to joke that i'm the whitest arab you'll ever meet because you are (laughs) because i am so freaking pale but um my parents were immigrants. My parents came to the US and, you know, they are really the definition of the American dream. So when I was growing up, I was always told, "Laura, work hard, show your worth, act like when you go work in a company act like it's your company act with that degree of agency over it and that's going to help you rise and so and that's what my dad did that's what my mom did so i said okay i'll go do that so i ended up cutting my teeth in silicon valley i was working in content marketing is one of my uh early jobs in the field. And I was very young, very driven, very ambitious. And I would go into the boardrooms and I'd see what the guys were doing. And I'd see how they'd advocate for their projects and move things forward. And I said, I'd remember what my dad always told me. And I said, all right, Laura, here we go. We are going to um, you know, advocate for our stuff just like them. And I did that. And after a little while, my boss came to me and he said, hey, Laura, we've got some feedback for you. And I said, okay, great. I love feedback. I want to rise. I want to, you know, run a, run a business and stuff like that. I always knew that. And he, he said, well, you're intimidating the men in the boardroom.
0: Oh, my God. About a dollar for every time someone said that. I know,
1: right? <laughs> That's great. Don't you're you intimidating know? the men. And he said, so we're going to need you to soften your language and smile oh more. And oh now, now you could, now I if I hear that today, I mean, I would laugh you out of the room, but you tell that to someone in their first job experience who is just getting started. And it was like, Angela, it was so crushing for me because I felt like there was something wrong with me. Oh, I know, Aww. I know. But this is the story. We gotta, you know, this is this is what happened. It's why I do what I do today. And so, I ended up leaving that job, and I ended up um, kind of repeating that experience over and over and over for about six years, where I would go and I'd work in these companies, and I'd try to be bold, and I'd try to put myself out there, and I'd keep getting knocked down. And in 2013. I said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. And I'm feeling pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. So I decided in that moment to stop being a victim of my history in the job world and start to become a master of my destiny and take my life by the reins and begin to rewrite the story of where I wanted to go. And so I said, all right, I know that full-time employment is not for me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start my own uh, marketing consulting business. Now, over the years, as I'd been working in these companies, I I had really learned a lot about tech marketing. That was my area of expertise. And I threw myself into it. I learned how to code. I learned how to speak like the developer language, developer speak, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to be a tech marketing consultant and so i threw up a website over the weekend i printed out some business cards i told everyone i knew this is what i'm doing this is my big shift and i'll tell you what within six weeks of that i did have to i mean as everyone listening knows i did have to hustle i did have to go to a lot of meetings i did have to uh you know create a lot of proposals for people but within six weeks i got my first fortune 500 client that was intel Then I got GE, then I got Twitter, then I got into it and the ball was rolling and I was building a multi-six-figure business doing what I loved. And I realized that all of the traits that had penalized me as a full-time employee and as someone who was working in, frankly, quite toxic environments Mm. were really my greatest assets as a leader and entrepreneur. And that is what set me off in learning how to use the storytelling skills that I had been cultivating over the years and bring them to a global stage with companies, um, that were affecting populations around the world. It was really, really inspiring for me. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. That, well, and, but it's like, they don't teach this shit in school. Right. And mm. like, I mean, me, I'm, we're so similar because it's like, you know, when I think my life is going so sour and it's like, you know, working in a mental hospital and I'm like, what the F did I sign up for? Like, I can't do this. It's so depressing. And then it's like, my computer crashed. And I mean, this was when we had like big towers and like, yep. I didn't know what a floppy drive was. And like, iCloud didn't exist. And, and my <laughs> car got broken into And then my planner got stolen. Oh, and then it's like, all these bad things were happening. But now like, you know, I look back 25 years ago and I'm like, those were blessings in disguise because it made me into who I am today. And it totally has shaped my story. Absolutely. And so until you go through that, I don't know if you have like a strategy of like how to come up with like your founder story and like, but you have to have a story, mm-hmm. and sometimes your story is vulnerable, and you know, and many
1: stories are vulnerable, yeah. and you know because we all face challenges. Yes. What I and kind of to your point, what I always tell people when we're thinking about developing our story and our personal narrative and sharing that with the world in a way to engage our um, our customers, our clients whoever, even if you're speaking on stage, whatever it may be, I always want you to know that your greatest challenges have often been the places where there's been greatest opportunity for growth. So Mm -hmm. I say, start there. What were the obstacles that you faced in pursuit of your goal? Because that's what people are going to relate to. You know, it's really easy for you or me or anyone who appears really successful to go to uh, give a talk or to you know talk about their brand as if life is perfect and somehow I have achieved the pinnacle of success and you know and and everything's just perfect right you know it's mm-hmm. very easy to do that because we have worked incredibly hard to get there mm-hmm. but what people are going to relate to. Is how you did it. They're going to relate to the struggles. They're going to relate to the challenges because that's what they're facing. And I would encourage everyone listening to this to think about The struggles that you faced and how they were not in your way, but on your way to being successful and tell that story because that story is the one that's going to both inspire individuals who are working with your brand and also empower them to reframe the challenges in their life as well. So that's really how I, I would always think of it. Whenever I would have a challenge, and even today when I have challenges, as, as you know, Angela, as our businesses grow, the challenges just get bigger. It's not like we're dealing with the same challenges we dealt with when we were starting the business. It's just bigger challenges today. Yep. And so I, I want you to think about how it's the challenge I'm facing right now, the perfect opportunity for my growth, the perfect opportunity for the uh for what I value and how I'm trying to move the company forward. Why is this the perfect challenge for me right now because if we don't go after challenges we want, I guarantee you you're going to get a bunch of challenges you don't want
0: right totally yeah. so for people that are listening and they need um, just coping skills like with the stress and the anxiety and Mm -hmm. the fear of like the unknown, which Mm -hmm. is a great topic right now, just because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who either they're entrepreneurs, they own their own business, or they've been laid off or they're furloughed because there's so much uncertainty and noise in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Like what are some coping opportunities?
1: I would love for everyone to Let's just start with some very simple mindfulness exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's start first by getting connected to breath. We know that when we get present with this very, in the very moment that we're in, everything is fine. Everything's okay. We can be at peace in this moment where we get into stress and anxiety is when we start to compare our, the current version of life to an, to a past or to an imagined future. So let's get really present and get present by taking a few really deep breaths. Get present by focusing on, um, you know, one of the techniques I really love and I've learned is to take, you know, both of your hands, take one hand and take your index finger Mm -hmm. and trace the outline of your other fingers. Just go up, and down your other fingers with your index finger around them like you're tracing the outline. And just allow yourself to feel that sensation. And do that four or five times. And just focus on your hand and focus on the movement of your index finger around all your other fingers, around the sides of your palm, beneath your palm, up to your thumb, and around a few times. And it's a great way to just get present and Mm -hmm. to just calm down the nervous system. We're not going to, nobody is going to get into a visionary state of thinking about their future if they are in a place of fear. Okay, so when we are in fear, when we are enwrapped in fear, and when we are enwrapped in fear of the unknown, you cannot think clearly about what you want to happen next. So mindfulness to get us present. The second thing I want you to begin to think about if you are stressed and anxious overwhelmed right now is an exercise I give all of my clients now this is one of the most transformational things you can do friends if you do it but I'm gonna give it to you and you're gonna say oh that sounds really hard I can't do it okay (laughs) that's a a caveat okay but I'm telling you if you do this it's going to shift Your life. It's going to shift things. It's going to shift your way of thinking and that exercise is how is this current situation. I am in whatever that is for you. What are the benefits of it to the things I value most in life. So 25 benefits. I want to see 25 benefits to your current situation. As it benefits your life because what's happening right now is you have made a decision to see this as an insurmountable obstacle you have. This is a mindset thing you have Our mind uh, has a negativity bias. The brain has a negativity bias and that is just science. And the reason for that is because it's trying to keep us alive if in case be a lion behind us or danger or we're going to get eaten in the jungle. So (laughs) Right? Okay. So the brain always goes to the negative. So we have to work really hard and begin to build the neural pathways to shift that thinking. And so instead of saying, why is this the worst thing that's ever happened? And if anyone's been laid off, I feel you, I have a PhD in getting laid off before I actually started my own business. I know how demoralizing that is. I know how upsetting it is. So instead of saying to yourself, when you get laid off, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. This is, I just, I don't know how I'm going to get forward. I don't don't know how I'm going to move forward. I want you to say, or you've lost your clients. You're a business owner. You've lost clients. You're really struggling right now. You don't know what you're going to do next. Why is this shift the best thing ever for your business? Why? Tell me 25 benefits of what's going on and it will shift your thinking. I promise you, on how you view the current challenge you'll begin to see all the opportunities that are present in this current moment and that is a real game changer because then we can think about moving forward i mean i'll i'll tell you what angela listen when uh coronavirus hit mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges for me is i'm a puffer so <laughs> i mean yeah. i'm sorry folks but like You, you go from speaking on stages to seeing Mm -hmm. every single event you have lined up for the year canceled. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, that's scary. Yes, that is upsetting. So I am with you. If you are feeling like my business has radically shifted. I don't know where I'm going. I understand you. What this time has really allowed me is to accelerate my business forward in ways that I thought, oh, well, I'll just do that in a year when I have more time, or I'll do that in two years when I have more time. And it's been like, no, 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 now's the time. And so it's really been like um, kind of like jet fuel for me in Mm -hmm. a way to go through this crisis. There have been huge opportunities in here. Uh, for me, for my business. And I'd encourage you to begin to look for them in your business. I guarantee you they are there. We have to let go of the desire to want to control how we think it should be and accept what is and accept how this is an incredible moment for you think about that just reflect on that if you're feeling resistant to it that's okay come back to this and reflect on it and think okay maybe there was something there that she said that i can take with me and that i can incorporate that's all you know
0: Yeah. And like, also like one of my closest friends, he is, um, an amazing celebrity wedding cake designer. And we both worked in healthcare. We didn't know each other back then. Um, but we started our businesses around the same time, like in the events and wedding community. Mm -hmm. And he got laid off from his job. And at the time he was married, uh, to a woman with two kids. Now he's married to a man. And so, mm, okay, hey, and he, good for he's him. Very public. Yeah, he's very public with it. He's like, you know, I hid behind food um, oh, for wow. like trying to live the life that my mother and father wanted me to live in a small town. And he's like, I loved my kids. And he's like, I got laid off in healthcare. Um, he worked in bariatric surgery, which he wanted to have bariatric surgery, and okay. so his story though is so great because it helps people reframe of exactly what you just said. He's like, I got laid off. It was my daughter's first birthday and we literally had no money to like, even go buy a cake for her. So he's like, so I learned how to make a birthday cake. He's like the very first cake I ever made was for my daughter's first birthday. Oh my gosh. So his founder's story is when he got laid off in healthcare, it was the best thing that ever happened because he didn't know a, that he could like, pump out this amazing kid cake. And then it tasted amazing. And so then his wife's friend started to say like, well, can you make my kids cake? Which, you know, that turned in, so he has no formal cake drink, nothing. And so he's like, if that had not happened to me, I would never have really channeled like my inner creativity. And then that also helped give him the confidence of he was able to save the money, have the surgery, and then, you know, let his wife know, like, hey, love you and our kids, but like, not really. (laughs) And so-
1: I'm into men. That's Yeah, but they
0: they are, um, they're still best friends. And I mean, this was 30, his daughter now is like 30 something. So, I mean, this was like a long time ago and he's very comfortable talking about it now. But it's like when people say, and they're so sad, like I got laid off or I got fired. I'm like- Okay. I'm like, go look up Jay because if you watch all Seriously. the TV shows and all the success that he's had, like he has been living out. I mean, not that it's ever easy. And I mean, there's always been hard times and he's closed bakeries and open bakeries and helped people. Um, and now he's kind of retired and he just helps people do it. But if you look at that, it just reminds me of his story and he wouldn't care that I'm yep. saying all this, but it's just like, exactly what you're saying. Step back and think, okay, what can I try or what can I do? And sometimes those things come out of complete necessity Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, I may Mm -hmm. like this better. I mean, I don't know. Are you on TikTok? This is a total squirrel, but like, do you watch TikTok videos? That's
1: hilarious. I, you know what? I got on there a couple weeks ago and I spent like four hours straight. Uh Laura, it's, take off your phone or yeah. you are going to like have a problem. So I'm on there, but I can't look at it because okay. you know, oh, okay. OMG, it's too much.
0: <laughs> I, I get it. it. But like, you know, my sister's kids love it. And, and I thought yes. I'll never be on that. I'm like, if I could only, if this could only have been out when I was like in high school and a dancer, I could be like a billionaire right now just for doing silly oh, for real.
1: And For so, real? you know,
0: kind of salty about it, but <laughs> it's like, why did that exist back then? But I've actually learned a lot from it. So I like Brad, the kids that I help homeschool, I'm like, you work three hours, we do three TikToks, but what I've learned from it, and I only oh. allow myself to watch it if I'm on the treadmill or 30 minutes before bedtime, before we go to sleep. Um, and I I'm it. learning a lot of marketing techniques and what I have loved the most is seeing these women on there. And it's like the 30, 40, 50 year old women are taking over TikTok, but there is a business story in this people. Um, I love that. Yeah. What I'm loving is people who like, there's some beauty influencers and people that have just been doing makeup tutorials and like sharing what they're good at. It doesn't mean they went to school for it. But there's several women that I've noticed. They're like, I'm not going back to my job now because while quarantine started, I started getting into TikTok and just sharing what I'm knowing. And now they're being sponsored. I mean, it's not like you wake up and then you make a million dollars overnight. Like nothing's easy, but they're actually like reaching out for consulting help on how to start and run a business because they're being approached and they want to pay because they have so many followers, you know? So it's like... Then my, my sister's kids tell me how, you know, all these TikTok kids, they're not even 21 and they're worth, like, I think one of the girl, her name's like Charlie or something. And I think she's worth like $80 million. And I'm like, WTF, like, why couldn't this shit exist when I was in high school? But it's, we got to move with the times. You know, we got to keep up with like where people are at. And right now, like some of our best clients to be are they're on TikTok which is crazy but it just it's crazy that it it seems so easy to just like hold up your phone do some dances mm-hmm. do some tutorials share your knowledge like we've actually made like a few fun dancing videos but then we've made videos that actually like the number one question that i've I been love getting it after um, a, tor- a crazy ass tornado came through Nashville and my friends that I'm like a crazy Apple expert and they're like, my shit doesn't work. Like, da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, it's real simple. And I know you're frustrated. Turn off all your stuff, reset all your wives. I mean, this is like basic stuff, but when we're overwhelmed with stress, like yeah. we just forget the, the the simple things. And so I like made a little video about that. And it's like, that got way more, hits than like a silly dance video, but I still like doing them because it's They're fun. fun to be silly, you know? So, um, yeah. So, you I know, think- and Angela,
1: can I just say you bring up like a really good point yeah. because the we as adults, okay. How many of us have forgotten what it feels like to play? Yeah and that idea of playfulness of joyfulness and also it's an embodied thing so getting back into the body through dance through movement um if people do yoga or Mm -hmm. you know exercise or whatever that is so important for our recovery as we are feeling stressed it actually Mm -hmm. can really help lower our stress and it's almost like instant access to joy. When yeah. this whole coronavirus thing started, I um I love to dance, but I, I only love to dance like in my bedroom type thing. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm not going to the club. That is not happening. But I will dance in my bedroom. And so I started I started taking dance classes on Zoom.
0: That's and awesome. I,
1: it was and I'll tell you what, if for the first month of this pandemic, I was so joyful because I knew I could go to those classes and I could access that playfulness. And that just brought me immediate zap of joy. It was
0: amazing. It was I incredible. It. Yeah. I so get it. into
1: your body. It's the yeah. best.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Like you be you and own it. Like you said, exactly. like we were saying like force of badassery. Like, That's right. I love it. How did, you, so I'm like completely going off, but like, how did you, two questions, like one, uh-huh. how did you come up with like, I'm going to call my company, which I kind of know from the story, it's like, you are a, a badass woman and you're a force <laughs> not to be reckoned with. And then, so it's like, how did you um, have the confidence to just, this is what I'm going to call my business. And then how did mm-hmm. you come up with your podcast title of Brave Bad Design because I le- they're both very um, strategic, I'm sure, but share those stories. Well,
1: Force of Badassery um, is less strategic than you may think. Okay. Um, so, what happened was, I, you know, I'm involved in a lot of projects that 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 fill my cup that fill my heart that make me feel alive. Those include being here with you now. Those include public speaking. Those include consulting, and they include a lot of creative projects that I'm involved with as well. I do some. Um, I write stories. I've uh, produced stories for NPR. I've produced stories for other organizations. I love storytelling. Love, 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 love storytelling. And so. Uh, one day, I was telling a girlfriend of mine about all this stuff that I'm up to, and she said, "Laura, you're like a force of badassery." And I, I love it. And I said, "You know what? Do you mind if I use that?" And she said, "No, use it." And I said, "Okay, I'm just going to claim it." And and I encourage anyone listening to this to claim. Your success and to claim who you are. We are so comfortable, especially as women. We are so comfortable saying what's wrong with us. We're so mm-hmm. comfortable pointing out our flaws. And I'm not ask, I'm not saying to be boastful. I'm not saying to be a braggart, but I'm saying if you could claim your wins as easily as you claim your losses that makes you a balanced individual. And so for me, it's like, yeah, there is a part of me that's really a force of badassery and I want to help give other women the confidence to speak about themselves that way and make and help them become Mm -hmm. their own force of badassery in their life. So that's where that name comes from. It just stuck and it's fun and it's silly and we can laugh about it. Mm -hmm. And you know, so that's where that is brave by design, the podcast, Um, is really born out of my belief that being brave and developing the habit of courage, as I call it, is like flexing a muscle. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I really believe that just as we can be very comfortable in anxiety, many of us have that automatic Go to anxiety state where we begin to worry about things. I also believe that we can develop a mindset around courageous action and courageous intention. And so that brave by design is really built out of that notion that you can make bravery a habit of yours. You can make courage a part of your day to day life. And that doesn't mean folks, that does not mean that you need to run into a burning building to be courageous. And for sure, those people are courageous. There's no doubt. Okay, there is no doubt. But it starts by taking very small actions where my Uh, my intentions as a human being, my will, my drive and desire are aligned with what I show up in the world as. That's brave because so many of us, let me me just ground that for a second. So many of us are hiding behind a mask. Mm -hmm. We're hiding behind a mask because we're afraid that if I actually show you who I am, you will reject me you will not like me, I will not be seen as being nice or kind or good. And what I am suggesting is that by being yourself, by showing up and showing us the incredible gifts that you have to offer the world, and by helping serve others with those gifts, that is a form of bravery, and that can be learned. And that's what we actually do on Brave by Design.
0: That's so awesome. That's wonderful. (laughs) Like, that's awesome. Thanks, Angela. like, shifting a little bit, like, I know you work with all these literally huge, amazing, badass companies. Yes. And so I know that, like, there's some people listening that you know, they're growing, their, their companies mm-hmm. are becoming bigger. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's funny because the other day we brought on two new people and in my mind, I'm like, Oh God, here we go. More people, more money, more problems. <laughs> but then oh. I'm like, but acting like that, I'm like, you know, be excited. But then, you know, some days it's like, I'm, we're like running a playground. Um, but like for the companies that are listening that, like, how can they address that whole like double standard? Like when it comes to promoting like men and women, because I know that we're all oh about Lord, you know, women, women, which mm-hmm. I'm all about it. Like I just got into a new business venture with a business partner. She wanted to open a co working space specifically to empower women. And, um, I started off as just a consultant in the project and then that turned into, can you just be the co-founder? She's an amazing creative, but when it comes to like business best practices, she's learning and she knows that, but. So we're a great fit together. And so, um, but, you know, she's very much like rah rah re women. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of men clients. And so we compromise. Mm -hmm. Like the ladies are upstairs, the men are downstairs. But, and, you know, she had to go through (laughs) a lot of legal work and stuff. But I never understood until... Getting into this venture where women have been treated differently by men and the main reason she wanted to do it is because she went to the Works, which I know that's one of your clients, and she went to, um, you know, the industrious and it was so surrounded by men and corporate feeling and she's like, I want to create something that's mm-hmm. beautiful and girly and I'm like, you know, that's fine and all, but I never understood how different women were treated in the workplace because I'm an older, I'm the oldest child. I was raised by in a very aggressive kind of mean dad, like not in a bad way. Like he's mm. wonderful, but I was raised where you take no shit off of nobody and you be aggressive right back. And so I didn't have those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe once or twice. And basically, you know, I gave him the middle finger and told him like, I'm not doing that for that. Like I'm going to work for what I'm going to work for. Like you can go F yourself. So, you know, but yeah, (laughs) but like not every woman has, I guess, as some people would say, like, oh my gosh, you have the balls to just say that. And I'm like, well, I was kind of raised by an Mm -hmm. asshole, but I'm, I'm very thankful for that because it gave me a different upbringing, but
1: that's the thing. That's what it taught you.
0: Yeah. And so I'm just like, for for women who don't have that, that foundation and the parents who are teaching Mm -hmm. them, like, it's okay to stand up for yourself. It's okay to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's not okay. It's okay to go out there and keep going to get what you want, you know, as long as you're not doing anything malicious or illegal, but how can companies deal with that? Because I'm even having to learn myself, you know, at over age 40 here, like how to, Treat men and women, even in this like new co working situation. So, mm-hmm. what can what can people do to address it?
1: Okay, well, here's the first thing I want to say for any woman who's listening who thinks that be that it is better to be nice than to be truthful. Mm-hmm. I am. That's doing you <laughs> absolutely no
0: no no favors
1: at all and i want to suggest um a phrase from brene brown that has become one of my mantras: clear is kind when i'm clear with someone clear about my expectations when i'm clear about what worked what didn't work on a project for example or in a proposal whatever it may be i'm actually doing the kindest thing possible Because I'm helping us actually deepen our connection, have a better mutual understanding of where we are in a project, and actually have better chance of being successful and moving it forward. So clarity, being clear in your language, very, very important for all of us to work on. I continue to work on that. That's a lifelong thing. But take some small steps towards being clear. Instead of just trying to be nice, masking what's really going on because that doesn't help anyone solve a problem. Okay. Nope. That's the first thing. Nobody solves it. You're never going to, you know, it's always like, um, I'm, I teach a lot of classes on how to have difficult conversations. And one of the things that I always tell individuals who attend that is, you know, I remember being in the corporate world and I remember going out for happy hour with my girlfriends and Sitting there and complaining about something someone said to me now I totally understand we all have friends to get things off our chest. Absolutely. But if you're if the most action you're going to take to solve a problem is complaining to your friends over a martini that is not actually solving a problem. So in order to solve problems, we actually have to get a little uncomfortable and confront the issue. Okay, we have to do that. Talking to your friends is not going to solve your problems. Mm-hmm. Talking to the person you have the problem with in empathetic, clear, compassionate ways will help to solve your issues or bring clarity, bring light to them. And so I really, really strongly recommend that. For women specifically, there are very specific reasons, and the research bears this out, of why women do not rise in organizations and what holds them back. Now, 100%, when I say this, I want to be clear in that it's not like the brunt of this is on women to change. And I think that's where things we need to sort of rethink things is yes, there are things women can do differently. Yes, there are things men can do differently as well. And so we have to learn to work together. But for the purposes of what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about some of the things that women can learn. Mm -hmm. With bearing full respect, there are lots of things that men can learn too. And we both, both, we all need to learn. Okay. Yep. So For women specifically, the research bears out that women do not rise, one of the reasons is because women do not want to talk about their accomplishments in the workplace because they see that as bragging, they see that as being boastful, and so they just want, they assume more often than not that if I do good work, someone's gonna notice it. And I wanna give you a reality check. If you're a business owner or if you are an employee, Nobody is going to know what you're doing unless you tell them. Okay, just assume that straight yeah. off. Okay. Nobody knows that you're a rock star except for you. So you need to get very comfortable telling people. And I'll tell you why, because anyone here who's worked with a man knows that you go into that weekly check-in meeting and you know you go around the table and say, okay, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? And some comes to some dude who says, listen, I've got some incredible news. I just fixed the printer. And we're all looking Mm -hmm. at him like, are you for real right now? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, I just went and saved the world and you fixed the printer and you want me to, you know, give you a pat on the back. Okay, buddy. But that's the kind of thing that men do that women don't. And so I want women, if you are a consultant, so how did I get these six figure consulting contracts? Yeah. How did I work with these folks? Well, first of all, you have to be a professional. And what that means there's many things that that means, but apply this advice to your situation. It meant that I set regular check-ins with my clients to apprise them of exactly what was going on with my work on their account, apprise them of new opportunities in the area, for example, of what their competitors might be doing. That's how we increase scope of work. And also let them know early when things may not be going to plan and come up with solutions to offer so you know what I always say to people I don't care if, if you're full-time entrepreneur please do not go to people with problems if you're going to go to someone with a problem I want you to come with a proposed solution they may not use your solution but I don't want you to be the person who's known as oh god she always has a problem what's her problem now what's her problem no no You got a problem, that's fine, we all got problems. Go with the solution, go hand in (laughs) hand, okay? And apprise the client or apprise your boss of here's what's going on with my work. Be proactive and do not be afraid to call out your wins. Do not be afraid to say, hey, we did better than expected on this, this is awesome. Here's what I'm proposing we do next. Or to say, and this is how you really increase scope of work with clients. Folks, listen to this go do competitive analyses. Do that every month and show the client what other people are doing, okay? That's what we did with all these major clients. Show them, hey, here's what we're doing in this area, but I wanna show you what your competitor's doing, and this seems to be really taken off for them. And would you like us to begin to add that kind of, um, that to our work? That's how you increase scope of work tenfold, which we did. Okay, that's the type of thing that is how we become very proactive with clients. We we become the ones that they go to, the experts that they come to. I want you to think of yourself in any role that you're in as you are not just there to perform a task. You are there to solve a problem and to create solutions that impact their whatever their market is. And that's how you go from being an hourly worker or a low-wage worker to getting six and seven-figure contracts.
0: I totally agree with you that the people that come and they're, like, complainful, but then they have no solution, I kind of can't deal with that, you know? Forget it. Get out of my way. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what the F do you want me to do about it? Like, if you're... You know, I don't think it's a problem, but it's like I don't want to shut people down either. Um, So I think this this rolls into another great question. Like, really, what is your idea of traits of like a great manager or a great leader? Because great leaders, I feel like, are encouraging people to always come with a solution. So, what are just a few traits off the top of your head that really make that person? Well, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna start with I think the key one that we can all work on which is developing our empathy oh so yeah this yeah and it's really and what is that really about that's about you know see Angela I think you and I are probably very similar we're like kind of like ball busters mm-hmm. okay and we're like just get it done let's do it let's plug forward okay not everyone else is like us though and so empathy is being able to understand these different points of view and different perspectives and actually get curious and say, Mm -hmm. well, why do you say that? Like, help me understand, for example, to your point, if someone comes and says, you know, I got a real big problem and here's the issue, and you don't think it's a problem, Mm -hmm. instead of saying it's not a problem, move on, we can say why do you think that's a problem how is that impacting um your work Mm -hmm. how is that impacting your life or career or the bottom line of the business i want to understand so we come with a place of curiosity to really listen and you know empathy Sometimes, when we talk about this, people can say, Oh, that's such a soft skill, or Oh, that's so weak. But I want to tell you guys something. There's um, a great book. We had her on my show. Her name's Maria Ross. She wrote a book called The Empathy Edge. And okay. what her research shows is that organizations that have empathy actually have higher profits, have higher Mm -hmm. employee retention, and have happier customers. Now, I mean, just listen to that for a second. You know, we can think about, like, let's think of the examples of Where we can see a company that doesn't have empathy and what it does to us. I think we all remember or many of us remember a couple years ago that United Airlines flight where a gentleman was literally dragged out of his seat.
0: Yeah, I remember that
1: through the plane because they needed his seat for um, an airline employee. Mm -hmm. Now, Come on, that is, you know, empathy at zero. Zero. And we see how that affects people who say, I don't want to fly in that airline. I don't want to imagine working there and experiencing that and what that must feel like. Imagine how all the people on that flight must have felt to see that happen. So, you know, that's a very clear display of a lack of empathy and that can really hurt your bottom line. So when we are working in an organization and we're thinking about being empathetic, think about listening to what's going on in the lives of my employees. For example, we're in coronavirus right now, which is when this is being recorded. Mm-hmm. How are your employees dealing with potentially having their children at home, their spouses at home, <laughs> and trying to work, and trying to you know get the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and teach, and do the schooling, and all this stuff? We have to, for a second, say, I acknowledge your position, and I. how can we help make this work for both of us? Mm -hmm. That's the way that powerful leaders operate and it's a real game changer.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's just, you know, as women, it's like, we take on so much sometimes of like, Mm. we can fix this and we can fix that and it's okay to ask for help and we don't have to know everything all the time. Like it's okay. Please get help. Yeah. Yeah. Like seriously, seriously, people, come on. I mean, you, you can't be everything to everybody. Like that's what I've learned. And it's okay yeah. to say no. It's okay to say no. Um, so as we wrap up, cause I could talk to you all day long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Angela. We gotta I have mean, you on my show. Yes.
0: I would love that. I would yes, love that. We will. Um, how do you develop like one last just takeaway, mm-hmm. um, for our our listeners? Like mm-hmm. how can they develop one habit of like, having courage, being authentic, Mm -hmm. creating connection with like their other colleagues and coworkers. Like what is one habit that they can create? One takeaway. Okay. Here's what I want
1: want y'all to do. Okay. (laughs) Today, when you're in conversation with someone, I want you to state your true opinion on something. I just want you to be honest. I want you, when someone says, hey, I'm dumping work in your lap at 4 p.m. on a Friday. Could you get it to me by Monday at 9 a.m.? I want you to explain what that would mean for your life to get it done. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, sure, no problem, because I'm a woman and I'm Wonder Woman and I can do all these things. I want you to tell them what that means for you to do that. I want you to help connect with people by being yourself and take a really small step that's all a really small step towards doing it. And that's the first step.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if people want to get in touch with you or go to any of your courses or anything like that, what is the best way for them to get in touch? Okay,
1: friends, head on over You can find Brave by Design wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find it at Mm bravebydesign.net. I also have a great course there on overcoming imposter syndrome, which really speaks to a lot of what we've discussed today. Uh, And also you can find me on Instagram at forceofbadassery. You heard that right. Um, And I do a lot of storytelling over there to help you with mindset training every morning to bring more confidence, clarity, and courage into your life.
0: I love it. And y'all be sure to go and follow and listen to Laura's podcast and subscribe to it because I already know it's awesome.
1: It's awesome. (laughs) It's fun. It is. Yay.
0: (laughs) And and again, every day, like we need to be reminded, like get up, be brave and feel fast. Like this is a good thing. And And keep going. Yeah. A hundred percent. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening today. And Laura, again, thank you so much for your invaluable resources and your valuable time. We so appreciate it. And thank everyone, you. thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of business unveiled. Everybody have a great day. Bye. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world and GSD, Just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders and be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. And you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at GSD leader underscore, And share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit angelaprofit.com.